Testing. Testing one, two, three. This is Jack Crawford, sole crew member aboard the Terrapin. I'm attempting to circumnavigate the Great Channel one day at a time. This is my 68th day on the water. And I spent the day being a little bit of a detective. It felt like um, still in this grassland, still surrounded by this three or four foot grass on all sides. Uh, good weather today. None of the storms that plagued me yesterday, but big, fluffier clouds, much less ominous, moving much slower. None of those horrible winds, none of that mess from yesterday, but uh, the interesting part of today, really, the detective part of today, the mystery of today, was for about six hours of sailing today, I passed through what seemed to be a, an abandoned village or town. There were about 30 structures um, in the core, but uh, there was hours and hours before and after that core of more and more sporadic buildings built in that same style as the one I visited a few days ago that had the um, the notches where the residents had marked their children's height. Same construction, sort of thatched roof matching the grassland around. The, uh, the walls sometimes caved in, sometimes not. About 10 o'clock this morning, very quickly after I started out, off in the distance, there was a larger barn and a smaller house, similar in structure, right? Windows gone, door gone, roofs partially caved in. And then a few minutes later, closer, another house with a sort of shed. This house was a little bit larger, had a second floor, partially, uh, and so on and so forth as I got closer and closer. I didn't know I was getting closer at the time, but as I got closer to this village, more and more of these abandoned homes and farms, it looks like, uh, showed up. And then, you know, eventually there were five or six of them all on the western shore, none of them on the east that I saw at least. It's um, a nice little rhyme. Oh gosh, I've descended into rhyming. It has been too long since I was around people. Um, about noon, came into the, uh, the actual town, fairly close to the water, maybe 200 yards from the water out west. Uh, I could clearly see there was a road or what was left of a road, a paved road, coming towards the water and then going away from town for a little ways. These large cobblestones where the mortar in between had 
disintegrated and been replaced with some grass, but sparse enough in these cracks between the stones that you could still see where the road was in between the relatively unbroken sea of grass, right? And uh, a couple hundred yards to the actual town, which seemed to form sort of a an X or a cross shape there, uh, with one line being the perpendicular to the water and the other parallel, and probably 30 buildings in that cross looked like roughly all different sizes. One on one end looked a little bit like a like a town hall or a some sort of a communal space there. Larger, big, big facade, two, maybe three stories. Uh, the front still standing for the most part. There was an awning over the front that was partially collapsed and on the ground, but the front, front facade mostly intact. But as I passed, the, uh, the back wall was just completely caved in, and you could see all the way through to the front. Um, Holmes caught sight of a, what looked almost like a blacksmith um, with sort of a... There was an anvil. They're the only non-organic thing I've seen out here. Everything else in similar disarray, and the anvil was covered in rust and... and grime, uh, storefronts, homes, some sort of a religious building with a tall peak on the top, um, although that peak had, it seemed to have been constructed almost like a, like one of those terracing, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? I can't think of the word. Th those things that you use to grow vines and you... A trellis. Almost like one of those circular trellises you use to create a cone of vegetation. It looked like they had created sort of rings um, shrinking, going up. Not, don't worry, not a sigil it didn't seem, but um, these rings going up to a point uh, connected to a central pole, and those were intact, but much of the actual uh, wrapping, uh, again, uniformly, that sort of thatch of grass and some sort of sealant uh, that had mostly fallen away, so you could see into the steeple there. Uh, and then uh, as I passed by, I didn't see anybody, and I, you know, didn't really feel like stopping. I'm, I'm not, you know, incredibly anxious to get out of this, uh, out of this part of the world, but I figured after the first house that I stopped in, there's not going to be too much, uh, too much news in this one, or in any of these, I mean, uh, nothing I could see from the water anyway, that really stood out. Uh, caught sight of, as I was passing, all sorts of swallows and 
some other birds and things flying in and out, using either coming in to nest in those collapsed buildings or approaching them to use their materials in the nests, because I have to imagine, right, if you're a bird and everything you use to build your nests is that grass, because it's your entire life, that must be what they use, right? And all of a sudden, at some point in the past, these people were here. And they figured out how to treat the grass and make it water-resistant or make it stick together or whatever that dark brown sealant does. If I'm a bird, I would be thrilled about that, right? Because all of a sudden, my nest is waterproof and much warmer. Probably. I'm making some assumptions about there these people's thatching technology, but um, watch those birds make use of this stuff. Sort of explain where some of it's gone, at least. And then uh, as I continued on past the past the city center, as it were, past the downtown of this town that has been downed, at least partially, uh, sort of similar tapering off of structures, more farm-type houses, some stable-looking buildings, some barn-looking structures, all in the same manner of disarray. Uh, didn't catch sight of any, you know, from the water it's hard to tell. After seeing that one road that did connect to the channel, I tried to keep an eye out for um, if there were any other roads running parallel or running away, anything connecting those farmhouses with the town proper or leading away from the water to some other, some other piece of civilization. But the grass was so tall I couldn't really... Uh, Suss anything out. Yet another mystery, right? But that's my life, I guess. Collector of mysteries and solver of none. That's how it feels sometimes, but that's alright. Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to start the process. and uh, Who knows, maybe this is what I'll figure out. I came to a stop for the evening about uh, 20 miles south of the south of the people there south of the lack of people there and uh, left the buildings behind well south of them, well clear so you know I think that policy is good you know put all manner of things behind me before I stop for the night. I don't like dwelling among them too much. Makes me uneasy. And obviously there have been exceptions, but, you know, I don't know. I feel like if I'm among a mystery, like those buildings, right, and I call it an evening, I stop sailing, I drop anchor, I start my night routine, get out my books or whatever, then 
all of a sudden, you know, I'll be sitting there and I'll be thinking, well, shoot, why don't I go walk across this field at night? The moon's giving me a little bit of light. Why don't I go take a look at this abandoned stable, right? But nothing good comes from examining stuff like that under the moonlight, I have to assume. Better to leave it for the daylight and uh, keep the nighttime separate. Sleep far from the mysteries, you know? Sleep where things are certain and figured out as much as you can. I find I sleep a little bit better that way. Speaking of which, this is Jack Crawford, sole crew member aboard the Terrapin, attempting to circumnavigate the Great Channel, collecting mysteries, and hopefully, one of these days, solving them. <laughs>